What it is, what it do, and how the hell are all of you? George truly Petra, I fuck her back with another mother lover. You already know the deal. Grab your smoke, grab your drink, and lock him with your boy, because we back with another one. Man, the news is a love-hate relationship for me. I'll just say it. That's what it is. Some days I love it. Some days I hate it. <laughs> well, as I've said before, I use the smart news app or smart whatever it is. You know, I got like 50 apps now where the news pops up, right? Well, I got a politics tab, right? I always click that shit, see what's popping, you know, and uh, it doesn't, it doesn't ever really surprise me with a lot of the, uh, with a lot of what I read, right? I don't think it surprises much of anybody nowadays. Well, well we're just going to read the headlines to start with because I think it's kind of funny. Trump flack, Jason Miller ordered to pay 42000 in legal fees for failed suit. CNN drops Rick Santorum after racist comments about Native Americans. Netanyahu's son recirculates footage of Palestinians celebrating. I see we're just going over the uh, titles. Biden to host family of George Floyd at White House. Arizona Democrats pass resolution urging Cinema Kelly to junk filibuster. Biden protects thousands of Haitians from deportation. Flashback, Harris protested at Southern border in 2018, but hasn't visited since. You know, keeps going. Now, uh, a couple that stuck out were more than 70 officers have left the U.S. Capitol Police since January 6th. That's from Axios. Um, where's the next one? The Hill, Republicans try but can't escape January 6th. People, Rep. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez sought therapy after extraordinarily traumatizing capital riots. Now, those three articles all have different, you know, obviously they're going in different ways, but this particular one stood out. And you can ask yourself, why? Well, if you like Steven Crowder, Steven Crowder broke down after she said Ted Cruz tried to murder her, he broke down basically where her whereabouts on January 6th. Well, she wasn't really even at the Capitol. She was about a mile away at another building. Now, it doesn't surprise me that people is going to blow smoke up her ass and, ass and say active insurrection attempt by former President Donald Trump. You know, but she said, you have this transition period of escalating violence, which really culminated on the 6th, for which was an extraordinary traumatizing event that's not really being discussed. No, it is being discussed at nauseum. You have a group of people that believe it was insurrection, and you have a group of people that do not believe it was insurrection. You have that group of people that believes it's not insurrection, being called every name in the book, all the time, every which way, and you have those that believe it was insurrection getting bl smoke blowing up their asses. Now, January 6th was nowhere near as bad as any riot that went down under George Floyd or Jacob Blake or Rashad Brooks. Nope, not even close. Not one Wendy's was burnt down. Not one AutoZone went up in fucking flames. Not one Walmart was looted. Not one target was overthrown. But those same people that will say, oh, it was so bad, will make all those other riots sound as if they were peaceful and nothing happened. Funny. 
how that works, isn't it? And that's why I think AOC and others are fucking insane. Especially when you have outlets like The Hill and Mike Lillis and Scott Wong, who wrote this retarded-ass article, pushing a narrative that Republicans are attempting to get away from the January 6th riot, protest, whatever you want to call it. Republicans don't want to get away from it because it's in the past and most of us have already moved on and just think you keep trying to talk about it ad, ad nauseum because you ain't got nothing else to talk about. You want to bring up uh, the January 6th riots when uh, Portland is being called the city of mayhem. Funny, huh? Yeah. You want to talk about January 6th when crime is rising across the United States. You want to talk about January 6th when eight pe- when 10 people were shot and two were killed last night in Minneapolis. See, you want to talk about one situation to avoid the others. Democrats are really good at that. Now, if you think it's an insurrection, I think you should look up the word because... If you're going to compare that to insurrection, then maybe you should compare what happened in Portland and in Seattle at the ICE facility and at these government agent facilities that have been attacked, rocks and bottles thrown at them, had doorways lit on fire. You should maybe consider that insurrection as well. And I mean, how many times has the Capitol actually been protested? Because it's, it's been a lot. So were all of those incidents insurrection too or No. Because it was just Republicans that day. I mean, I shouldn't say just Republicans because we know Antifa was in the mix. We know there was a lot of bad actors that were just using the Republican and conservative banner to do their damage. We know that. But yet they don't want to talk about that either. See, I don't think Republicans are trying to escape anything. I think it's Democrats that are trying to escape their wrongdoings by continually bringing up others' wrongdoings. Let's just be honest here. Now, this article would it says... Republicans would like to really move on beyond January 6th, but it's not going very well. Four months into the Biden administration, and GOP leaders are racing to shift the folks away from the violent attack by pro-Trump mob at the Capitol. They're being forced to confront a rampage at every turn. Democrats are charging ahead with plans to deep-dive investigations into the assault, but those same Democrats and those same 35 rhinos, Republican in-name-only assholes that are in office and are using the conservative banner and using conservative seats and using conservative terms are really just radical radicals that are hiding in the closet because they already know that the conservatives in their cities and in their states won't back up that radical bullshit like Liz Cheney and so many others would love to jam down Republicans' throats. Now, again, calling it insurrection and having them deep dive investigations is nothing but another waste of taxpayer money. Why? Because those same Democrats, those same rhinos will not look into any of the rioting or any of the uh, protesting, issues, looting, whatever you want to call it, that happened under George Floyd, Jason, Jacob Blake, Rashad Brooks, and anybody else that had anything happen to him under those banners and under those veils of those protests, riots, whatever you want to call it. They only want to put investigations into Republicans, hence the Russian investigation, hence the Ukrainian investigation that came up with nothing. But yet it was a waste of taxpayer money, just like this will be a taxpayer waste of money. Now, 
they're going to, uh, the Hill is calling it a denialism that only thrust the episode back into the headlines because some conservative lawmakers are rejecting the idea that the riot was not a riot at all because it was not a riot. When the police put a curfew in, those people on January 6th actually left. They went home. They quit. Now, there might have been some people there that decided they weren't going to, but the masses decided that they were actually going to boot scoot boogie on home. Now, Dante Wright, on that curfew, I remember being outside on the day of that curfew, and I seen walking down the street of 63rd Avenue over in Brooklyn Park, over 200 people having no plans on going anywhere. Fuck the curfew. So, that's one example. Now, the Hill would have us believe that the difficulties were on full display at the news conference this week when my Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy sought to shine a spotlight on Biden's Cuba policy and the dangers of socialism. Instead, McCarthy faced a barrage of questions from reporters about January 6th and the 9-11-style investigation commission he had voted against a day just a day earlier. Would he testify before the commission about his phone call with Trump on January 6th was underway? Sure, next question, Mark McCarthy replied. And... Were you surprised the 35 Republicans voted with Democrats to create the January 6th Commission? No, not at all. I thought they would be. I thought it would be higher. Ha! Huh. Is it a conflict of interest for lawmakers to be voting on a create on creating a commission that might ultimately call for them to testify? To, to testify? No, because they know who. No, they know who's what. They know because no, no, because who knows what they're going to do on the commission? McCarthy answered. You're absolutely sure no G GOP lawmakers were in communication with the rioters who stormed the January 6th Capitol. I don't believe they are, but I thank you for the question. See, he's answering all their questions. They're not trying to talk about what's going on. They're trying to bring the spotlight right back to the January 6th style commission. Now, the 9-11 style commission. They're going to do this witch hunt. And it's probably going to come of nothing. Not that there wasn't people that were arrested for rioting. The number has slowly grown. So when McCarthy says he's surprised, he thought it would have been more. I kind of think I would, you know, I kind of, in my eyes, when, when I see, when I see that, what I think is, like I've said before, those 35 Democrats to me are no more, are there nothing more than uh, rhinos. Republican in name only. They do not care about conservatism. Not now. Not out, not 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 now, and not at all. They never have. Now, and I say that because Liz Cheney. I said it before when I did an episode on her. Liz Cheney wants the Republican Party to go back to what it once was, establishment type shit. She don't like that the fact that it rocked under Trump as good as it did. She don't like that, even though she supported Trump till she didn't, because she found it would have been easier to make the turn. Again. Something her and other Republicans thought would be an easy move, but turns out it wasn't because you look at how it ended up for her. Her whole committee had turned on her because she turned on what they wanted. And because she's an elected official and she is an elected official in a Republican state, it came down bad hard on her. Let's be honest. But Democrats love using Liz Cheney as if she's the golden goose of Republicans when we all know that shit just is not the truth. Let's let's be honest here. Now, when McCarthy says he thought it would have been more, I guess we could have thought it would because it really shows how many radical closet Demo Repu Republicans, radical Democrats are actually in office. There's at least 35 of you. And I'm sure more might pop up. And if they don't, I think 35 is still a pretty high number for the fact that you're not doing anything for conservatives. You're just hurting conservatives. 
Hence why they're Republicans in name only. You know what I mean? But I think they're using this. That we're going to hear about the Jan- this uh, this commission for the next, I'd say, year, year and a half, if not two years, because they're going to dig in as far as they can. They're going to talk about every little spot, this, that, and the other. They're going to do that, and they're going to go hard with that. Just watch. I'm telling you, that's what they're going to do. And when I speak of Liz Cheney, let's do a CNN article real quick. Wyoming senator running against Cheney of House seat reveals he impregnated a 14-year-old when he was 18. That's not good. <laughs> let's be honest. That's not. That's not good. Let's, let's read. Let's read the article. Let's see. Let's see how. Let's how, Let's see how CNN. The Republican Wyoming senator who's running against U.S. Rep. Liz Cheney for her House seat told local newspaper he impregnated a 14-year-old girl when he was 18 years old. He referenced the incident as a face during a Facebook live stream. Anthony Bouchard told the Casper Star Tribune newspaper on Thursday he married the girl after she turned 15 when they were both living in Florida. He said that they were able to get married at the time because under Florida, Florida law, a judge could approve a marriage if pregnancy was involved and a parent consented. The state of Florida put a ban on child marriage law in 2018 with some narrow exceptions for 17-year-olds. The news came after he jumped on Facebook Live earlier Thursday to discuss part of his life because he was made aware of a political opposition research company and unnamed reporter who were investigating him. See, he uh, got a girl pregnant, got parent consent, if you just heard what I said. Now, I'm not okay in what he did, but again, it's a different time. I'm Now, it definitely wouldn't be as accepted, but this man is not my age. He is 10, 15, 20 years older than me. But we got 15-year-olds getting pregnant all the time out here by adults. So let's not act like it's a... It's something new. Can be wrong, but let's... He just got ahead of it. And told the actual truth and the actual story instead of having an opposition research company, an unnamed reporter, decide they were going to smear him. That's how I see this. I'm not saying what he did was a good thing. Why are you fucking 18? Why are you fucking 14 year olds when you're 18, doc? That's a ninth grader and you're a senior, homie. What's up with that? Come on now, that's fucked up. But. We see it all the time in high school. <laughs> now, let's get back to the story. It was a story when I was I was young. Two teenage girls get pregnant. You've heard those stories before. He said in the Facebook Live video, she was a little younger than me. So it's like Romeo and Juliet story. That's not like a Romeo and Juliet story, homie. Don't try to paint it like that. A lot of pressure, pressure to abort a baby. I'm going to tell you I wasn't going to do it. Bashard said in a Facebook Live video that he has since almost become estranged from his son, but added, I still love him. Bouchard did not immediately respond to CNN's request for a comment Saturday. He told Star Tribune after the live stream that they got divorced three years after they married, and he said his former wife killed herself when she was 26. He said that his disclosure won't stop him from running for office. Bring it on, he said in a Facebook Live video. I'm going to stay in the race. We're going to continue to raise money because my record stands on its own. Bouchard, the Wyoming state rep, Chuck Gray, have so far offered themselves up as pro-Donald Trump candidates for the GOP nomination in the heavily Republican Congress in, a, in in this heavily Republican 
congressional seat that has unapologetically, unapologetically backed Trump's baseless electoral claims, which Cheney has warned are a grave threat to democracy. But Cheney still has significant support, and some Wyoming Republican political operatives who are not aligned with any candidate don't view Bouchard or Gray as to be strong candidates. Now, again, I'm going to take CNN's uh, word for nothing there. I don't think they know about any of the actual candidates or if they're, if the if the city, if the committees and those people back them, because look, Cheney does not have much support outside of maybe people that voted for her because the actual committees do not back her. They back Trump. But CNN won't say that. I've talked about it before in a previous episode. Now, do I think what he did was good? No, I do not think that's a good idea. I would assume the fact that she killed herself probably had something to do with getting pregnant at 14, getting married at 15 and probably not having end to any type of life. I'm sure there was a lot more to the situation, but I'm sure that had some play on it. He's estranged from his son. It's not good. He said he's still going to ride. He's still going to ride. And he's still going to do his thing. Do I think it's going to hurt his chances? Yeah. I think they're going to be a better candidate. Yeah. Do I want that guy as a Republican in Congress? No. Because of that. And I read that article just brand new with you guys. I didn't know. I didn't read about that. I just read the headline and was going to read it. But I do think he's, that's not good. I don't think that's right. I think that's wrong. And I think that, I don't think you should be in Congress. I'm sorry, man. That's a decision that, that's not right, bro. That's an adult with a kid. And I don't know why he didn't respond to CNN for comment. They're going to speak on it anyway. So you should have said something, in my opinion. Now, this is alternate. And this is about another Republican. His last name is Madison Cawthorn. And like uh, Majory Taylor Greene and Lowen Boebert, this, this young man is hated on heavily by the left. Hated by the left. They uh, really believe that he's going to be uh, there. And those 35 Republicans probably don't like him much either. Let's be honest. They probably don't. Why? Because he's young enough that he could be in his office, he could be in office as long as Joe Biden. And he might actually get something done, or he could be in his office as long as Joe Biden and not get anything done, or he could be in his office as long as Joe Biden and really put the hurting on Democrats and their policies for as long as he's in his office, or he could oppose their bullshit as long as he is in office and always be just a thorn in their ass which he seems to be doing, along with Majory Taylor Green and Lowen Boebert. But let's get to the article. Alternate. Cawthorn. Democrats hate the nuclear family because they're criticizing me for performing my service as a husband. This is from ba- uh, David uh, Bedesh. <clears throat> Cawthorn is attacking his critics who are di- disturbed by his already missed 15 votes as a brand new freshman congressman, which has earned him the worst voting record to date. Cawthorn was prepared for the comeback. Performing his service as a husband is more important to him, more important to him performing his service in the people's house. When presented with a chart that shows him missing 16.2 of this year's votes, the 25-year-old was one of the youngest people to elected to Congress, told by Real American's Voice David Brody on Friday that he had to laugh. It just shows how exactly the Democrats feel about the nuclear family in America right now. I will tell you, I was doing the more important thing that I find important in my service here in Congress, and that was my service as a husband. I just got married about seven weeks ago, Catherine said, holding up his hand to show off his wedding ring, causing Brody to smile. And so my wife and I went on our honeymoon during that week 
week, during that time, I missed four, four, 15 votes in one week because that's when they had the votes piled up, he added, criticizing the House's scheduling for votes in every single bill as well. The North Carolina represent, Republican freshman, however, was being generous with his record. Now, you... That's that's a, that's a really slick way to paint it. Oh, he misses out hella. He misses out a lot. Didn't Omar? Oh, you know what? Actually, after this after this article, we're going to look that up. Because I already know Omar missed a lot of votes as well. Now, do I think that he should be saying that he's more aligned with his marriage than with the people? You were elected to be serve the people. So, my G, you need to go serve the fucking people. Responsibility and accountability, bro. You were elected to do the fucking job to serve the people. Now, I will give it to him that they stacked it up in one week. If you were gone that week, what, you know, the fuck. But you still, if you if, if, they, if, they, if they docked it out one day or a couple days, you could have been like, I'm going to postpone my, postpone, postpone my honeymoon for those few days and go knock this out. Because you do serve the people. And... Maybe your vote. Now, Congress is Democratic-ran. So they're going to try to push whatever they can through, regardlessly, bipartisan or not. They've proven that. So, again, like I said, I can give this guy a few bones to lay on. But I still think when he says, I'm more, you know, it's more important to be a husband than to serve the people. My G, think about what you're saying. Because you are elected to serve the people and do the job. You're paid by the people to do the job. You know what I'm saying? Think about what you say. Now, from January 21 to May 21, Cawthorn missed 23 of 153 roll call votes, which is 14%. Is, this is much worse than the median of 2% among the lifetime record that representatives currently serving GOP, GOGov tracks. I will tell you every single vote that came up was some Democratic garbage, so I was actually happy to not be able to vote on those. See, he's got his reasons. He's going to stand on his principles. I'll give him that. And we already know the Democrats are pushing through a lot of trash, a lot of garbage. We know this. So, I, like I said, I'm going to throw him a couple bones. But I just think he's got to watch what he says. But see, what he says, when he says it, he does back that shit up. Like, it's garbage-ass votes. Why would I want to vote anyways? It's not going to help my people. It don't matter if I'm there. because What the fuck does my vote matter? It's going to be on some bullshit anyways. So, I'm sure his constituents can side with that. Because I can understand it. I can see his point. Also claiming that House Democrats are eliminating Republican voices, which is false. Voting is an important part of lawmakers' voice. Cawthorn followed up with a quip at attacking Nancy Pelosi, suggesting that he opted to honeymoon rather than vote with the Speaker of the House. I'll tell you, if I, if I had to choose between voting with Nancy Pelosi or spending time with my beautiful wife, I'll choose Christina every time. I can't argue that, man. I can't argue that. If I had to spend a day with Pelosi or my woman, I'm rocking with my woman all day, baby. Fuck Pelosi. Catherine, who has been fending off allegations of sexual misconduct during his short stint in college, illegally married to his wife last December, but in April held a religious ceremony. Among the votes Catherine uh, called garbage that he had missed are the HR 17 anti-doping agency resolution, carbon monoxide poisoning prevention. Yeah. But, like I said, I still think that he should think about what he says before he says it, but I don't think he's wrong. If you're gonna, if you don't want to vote on that bullshit that you think is bullshit, I can't argue with that. 
as long as your as long as your constituents are cool with that, and I don't really see any news about no North Carolinians getting all in their panties and a bunch about it. Just seems like the Democrats are trying to use it against them. That's what it seems, my G. Hold on, let's look this up. Okay. Oh, we got. I uh, typed that in wrong. Aha. So, like I was saying, oh, Ilhan Omar. I know it was in the news once for missing uh, votes. So I just got to type it in the right way. Okay. It just keeps bringing up their... Uh, uh, <coughs> okay. <clears throat> Yeah, that's because a lot of it's uh, a lot of the headlines are like what uh, winner uh, fact check no proof or alleged voter scheme about uh, voter harvesting those things. We just gotta look at it real quick. Sorry about that. I don't like to even be quiet. Really, just gotta type that shit in real quick. Okay, yeah, here we go. This is Projects Pro Republica. OR missed 4.4 of the votes in uh, between 2019 and 2020. So, I mean, she's been called on that shit, too. So we can't just sit and act like it's one person missing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Rep. Omar, Omar missed 4.4% of the votes in the 116th Congress between 2019 and 2020. Then she has her own uh, reasons, this, that, the other, on all the bills. But... It does. It does show that you know they're they're gonna paint it to be one way, you know. What I mean, when it's Democrats miss this shit too, and they do it on purpose, you know. What I mean, so let's let's let's. I mean, let's not act like the Democrats don't hold the house either. It's not like if he shows up and his vote's gonna make all that difference. My biggest problem is the way he said it. Like you gotta think about you gotta think about how you word shit, bro. Makes it sound like you really don't care if you're working for the American people or not. But the American people are the ones that are elected you and put you into office. That's how I look at that. But I'm still rocking with them. Don't get me wrong. Now, when it comes to uh, Bouchard, the guy running, I like I said before, I can't really get behind that because that's some really weird, funky shit to me, bro. You 18, she's 14. It's just fucking weird. I don't care if it was the 90s, the 80s, the 70s, different times, whatever. Call whatever you want. Still motherfucking weird. In my opinion, and especially because the the marriage didn't work out, you got divorced three years later, it really just, you know, my man, no. There's got to be a better option for you, for you to go get another job doing something else, you know, whatever. But you shouldn't be in office, and I don't think you'd be a good replacement for Liz Cheney, because Liz Cheney is a piece of shit anyways, and we all know that if we're Democrat, all the Democrats love her, all the Republicans are like, yo, fucker, that's what it is. Now, my personal opinion... You're not the best candidate to take over her seat. I'm sure there's a better Republican that can take her seat. I'm sure they got one. There's plenty of us out there that would happily take her seat. Believe you me. They had no problem giving Stefanik her her committee uh, leadership stuff. And that was funny. I bet that was a cold day for Liz Cheney. Now, the one day I had even talked about Hunter Avalon was talking about the right eats their own. This is not me eating my own. 
This is me basically saying, I don't rock with one because of a decision that they made or something you did. You got to live with your actions. I'm all about responsibility and accountability. Nah. It is not responsible for an 18-year-old to be out here fucking 14-year-olds. You're 17 and she's 14? My G? No. When you're 16 years old, you shouldn't even be looking at 14-year-olds. What are you talking? No, bro. You shouldn't be. High school or not. And when you're definitely 18, you definitely shouldn't be looking at no 14-year-olds. Let's be honest. You shouldn't be. That's really that's kind of creepy. Couldn't find an 18-year-old? And I just don't think that'd be a right play for, for the Republicans to put him in office. I just don't. And when I think of Republicans and I think of the Republicans we have in office now, we really got some some good good Republicans, whether the left hates them or not. They can hate Marjorie Taylor Greene all she wants, all they want. They can hate uh, Madison Cawthorn all they want. They can try to say, oh, he wasn't there to vote. They can say that Marjorie Taylor Greene is uh, a evil piece of shit. They can call him whatever they want. But they don't like him because they are firebrands for the opposite party. They don't like the fact that they're embraced just like AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and the squad was embraced by the Democratic left. They don't like that. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to what they do not like. They do not like that the Republican Party ended up with actual people that are willing to fight for the Republican Party. They assumed that we were going to keep getting half-cooked motherfucking Republicans that don't really have much of a backbone. Let's be honest. That's why the Republican Party is sitting in a lot of the situation it's sitting in. We still got a lot of establishment players in the game that really just want to keep lining their pockets. And the more that old guard breaks, the more and more firebrands that we get in. Let's be honest. Like that's why Graham Allen, that's why Graham Allen is running. Graham Allen would be another motherfucking firebrand in the Republican Party. Believe you me. These people are going to get things done. They're going to make sure that their constituents are happy with their job. And a lot of Republicans cannot say that same thing. A lot of Democrats cannot say that same thing. And it it's <clears throat> like, like this, like, well, okay, well, this is the HuffPo, right? This HuffPo. Major Taylor Green condemned for uh, grotesque fast, uh, face mask holocaust comparison. Green talking to Christian uh, Broadcasting Net New, uh, Net News Net, New Network host Dave Brody's podcast, The Water Cooler, railed against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's request that lawmakers prove they've been vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to Drop the mask-wearing rule in the chamber. You know, we can look back at a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and they were definitely treated like second-class citizens, so much so that they were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany, said Green, who has been formally warned for warned for not wearing a mask on the House floor. And this is exactly the type of abuse that Nancy Pelosi is talking about, she added. Now, you may not like her comments. You may not like them. But she has a point. The vaccine proof will show people that have no business knowing your medical history, your medical history. It's not your business if I get the vaccine or not. It's not. 
whether you fear it or not. Your fear does not override my medical privacy, whether you like it or not. Now, her comparison is a little extreme. I'll, I'll give that. But grotesque? AOC and them talk about the Holocaust a whole lot. Didn't Ilhan Omar say some people did some things? So we have, again, we have news networks, news outlets, picking and choosing what story they're going to push, how they're going to push it, what narrative fits best, works best for them to push. They're going to use the words that are going to trigger the views and the clicks. And we know that we can see that. Now, critics, including the American Jewish Congress, were quick, uh, quick to condemn Green's comments in the latest long line of the racist, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic remarks from the QAnon-endorsing lawmaker who was removed from the House Committee position in February for liking social media posts about executing Democrats and peddling conspiracy theories. Now, it's... The, <clears throat> What the uh, American Jewish Congress said, you can never compare health-related restrictions with yellow star gas chambers and other uh, Nazi atrocities. Such comparisons demean the Holocaust and contaminate American political speech. Now, I wouldn't call it anti-Semitic. I just wouldn't. It's just, it's, it's not something I would call it because I don't believe it's anti-Semitic. I believe it's an extreme comparison, but I don't believe that it's anti-Semitic and I don't believe she meant it to be anti-Semitic. I believe she was meaning to take an extreme situation and paint an extreme contrast. And that's what she did. Now, you may not like that, but her way of going about things really shakes up the Democratic Party more than it shakes up the Republican Party. The Democrats are always talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is always living in their head rent-free. What good, bad, or ugly. And a lot of the right laughs at that and enjoys that because they can see she literally living in these people's heads rent-free. And they don't recognize that. They choose not to see that. They choose to see, oh no, we're we're not, no, mm -mm, we're we're living in her red head rent-free. We're holding her to it. She gives a damn if you strip her from her committee. She literally said it gives her more time to fuck with you, basically. You know what I mean? Like, the damage they've tried to do just has backfired. And yet they still try to drag her knowing they're going to get clicks from their extreme radical side and they're going to pitch more anger and hate to that side and keep fanning that flame. And Major Taylor Green is just going to be like, well, okay, most of you that hate me aren't even in my constituents, so it really doesn't even make a fucking difference. Now, when I think of it doesn't make a difference. Like, you're not my constituents. I can kind of like go to AOC and what uh, what uh, Pelosi said about just filling up a cup in some of these Democratic cities with the D and people will just vote. D, they don't even care. So, when you think of constituents, people are going to back Major Taylor Green in her county because I think they actually truly back her and like her. Whether she's a QAnon, conspiracy, whatever. If you don't, have, if you don't get to vote for her, then your opinion for on her really doesn't make a difference. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because you can say whatever you want to say how you want to say it. But if you don't get to vote, your opinion is just another opinion. Whether she stays in office or not is not up to you unless you move to her county her, where her constituents are and hope to change the pace because I doubt it'll happen. But when I see the left continually 
go after these firebrands and kind of let some of their own fall into, let's say, uh, get swept under the rug, fall under the back burner. The Democrats, instead of handling their own situations, like with the Congress, uh, Congressman Brown that decided to uh, catch some misdemeanor charges instead of handling that, they'd rather just keep pointed fingers doing this, that, the other thing. You know what I mean? And when I see the left do those things, and I see them only criticize one side, but then not criticize another side or only criticize it a little bit, really is kind of just an irritating thing that I think all of us notice. But then when we see it fend over onto the news and we see anchors pick and choose a game, pick and choose a lane, and they're going to stick to it, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, and they don't get dragged for it when they should or they get away with some of the things that they say when they shouldn't, really raises a red flag, to me at least. This is a Fox News article. Another day I had said, CNN and MSNBC are always talking about Fox News. Always. They're either talking about Tucker, or they're talking about Hannity, or they're talking about Laura Ingram, or they're talking about the latest Tucker Carlson interview. They're just covering whatever they can Fox News does, and they do it all the time. Now, Fox News, when they cover CNN, they're normally covering something that's happening or revolving around CNN, not just their distaste for an anchor. Now, this particular article does make a difference because Andrew Cuomo has been accused of a whole lot of nasty things. And Chris Cuomo has, how to say this, had to basically duck all the heat that his brother's been receiving. And he hasn't been very good at it. CNN has done their very little to cover any of the actual allegations in their entirety or in any length. They've picked and choose how they were going to cover this. Now, this article is Chris Cuomo and his problematic year at CNN. CNN's biggest, brightest star has become the network's most problematic star over the past year, even more so than Jeffrey Tubin. Chris Cuomo was forced to address the stunning report of the Washington Post revealing that he participated in his strategy sessions earlier this year with his brother, Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, and his girl amid growing sexual misconduct allegations. The Post detailed that the CNN anchor joined conference calls with top aides to embattle to aid the aides to embattle the governor this year as charges of harassment mounted and prompted calls from both sides of the aisle for his resignation. Sources told paper. The younger Cuomo urged his brother to not step down and even invoked cancel culture, a talking point that the governor used back in March while engaging with reporters. The Cuomo Cuomo primetime host admitted it was a mistake and offered an apology to his CNN colleagues for putting them in a bad spot, with his mea culpa was ultimately panned by critics. Now, CNN said that they they had a, a long history of Cuomo not being able to cover his brother. I guess... Did that only mean live? Or was it when you needed a ratings grab during the 9-11? I mean, not, not COVID-19. Let him get on there with some Q-tips, this, that, the other, right? See, I called both the Cuomo brothers bullies. Because that's what 
They are. And a lot of these news anchors get to say wild shit out of the side of their necks and get to say things they shouldn't be able to say because normal people would probably get punched in their mouth for saying that shit. Let's just be honest. So when CNN says we have a contract with Chris Cuomo that he's not able to even mention his brother or talk about his brother on his show, rah, 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 but yet here he is jumping into conference calls, helping his brother with whatever strategic value that he can help, really raises a red flag within the Democratic Party and the news. Funny how when people say fake news, so many on the left get mad. The women's group Ultraviolet called on CNN to suspend Cuomo and conduct and conduct an investigation over his influence of the network's coverage of the governor. Somehow, something himself denied on his show. The CNN's insider bashed the anchor, calling him his advice to his brother dis, uh, despicable. It's the height of hypocrisy for Chris to have his brother on there for the good news, but doesn't have him on to discuss the bad news. The insider told Fox News it's laughable for him to be so judgmental of other people for their wrongdoings, and he's sitting there enabling and coming up with excuses for someone with sexual misconduct allegations. The Post reports on Cuomo's strategy sessions came on the one-year anniversary of CNN anchor's infamous prop comedy skit he conducted with his brother. Chris Cuomo was mocking the governor's nasal swab COVID test using oversized Q-tips to demonstrate how big of a nose his brother has. It was just one of the nearly dozen chummy interviews CNN allowed Cuomo brothers to have during the early months of the COVID outbreak. The two of them would chide each other's looks and bicker over their affection for their mother, but the anchor would also give the governor a platform to tout his leadership amid the pandemic. Cuomo was previously barred from the co- uh, covering the New York governor, as a rule was apparently lifted by the network at the beginning of the pandemic, and later re-implemented as the Democrat became engulfed in the tsunami of political scandals. See, they tried to cover their asses saying that he had some kind of rule that they lifted, but then they re-implemented it. It was some bullshit, and they got called out heavy for that shit. There were critics who called out the conflict of interest at the time, but playful banter between the Cuomo brothers was widely embraced by fans of the governor, many of them being members of the media as the new organizations praised the Democratic response to the pandemic and obsessed over his daily press briefings. Hence how he wrote a book, got paid a milli up front, and has only sold like 11,000 copies. It's not going to hard, it's not going to, I think what they say, soft back or hard back? Because the printing company or the company that was publishing it backed out because of the allegations. Funny how that shit works, but CNN still wasn't willing to cover the bad shit with any length. Come on now. The the undercounting came as the governor Cuomo's controversy or or requiring nursing homes to accept COVID-19 positive patients to prevent overflow at hospitals, which critics believe is responsible for the deaths of thousands of elderly New Yorkers. The governor rescinded the order on May 11, 2020, after it was signed six weeks prior. The New York Times reported the cover-up of the state's COVID nursing homes deaths was tied to the governor's ambition of releasing a premature memoir boasting his response to the pandemic, which came out in October. It wasn't until June 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 June, June 24, uh, tw- June 24th, 2020, that Chris Cuomo allowed a softball question at his brother about the controversial controversy, clearly underestimating the magnitude of the scandal at the time. However, the CNN anchor himself was implicated in another scandal at the, at scandal at the emerged out of Albany earlier this year. It was 
revealed that Chris Cuomo was a beneficiary of a Cuomo administration that he had received prioritized COVID testing in early months of the pandemic as ordinary New Yorkers struggled. A top New York physician was even sent to his house in the Hamptons to conduct such such testing for visits often lasted hours. The younger Cuomo was ultimately diagnosed with the virus back in March. It is unknown if the positive COVID test he took was funded by himself or his employer or by the New York's taxpayers. See, Chris Cuomo and uh, Andrew Cuomo have both came under fire non-stop over the last few weeks. And I mean, it's not good. They're, they're, the brothers themselves are in the main crux of the limelight right now, especially when it comes to a lot of political news. Cuomo's not ducking the pandemic COVID nursing home scandal. He's not ducking the allegations. It doesn't matter how badass he tries to make himself sound. It doesn't matter if he tries to say they're lying. He is in the middle of it. And now baby Cuomo is in the same mix because he got prioritized health care over struggling New Yorkers. He has chosen to only cover his brother in a good light when plenty of bad has came to surface. And CNN has caught nothing but flack since the James O'Keefe exposure video. Let's be honest. They're still trying to come back from that, and it's really not working. Now, this wasn't the only time that Cuomo flouted the COVID safety precautions. While he was uh, lecturing Republicans who weren't wearing masks and scolding so-called super spreader events that President Trump held during the election cycle, he was seen about town not wearing a mask or socially distancing. He was even reprimanded by management of his own apartment building for not wearing a mask in the common areas, according to a letter obtained by Tucker Carlson tonight. Tucker Carlson also obtained 2018 audio recordings of Cuomo offering media advice to ex-Trump lawyer Michael Cohen ahead of what was supposed was supposed to be a scheduled CNN appearance. Cuomo is also heard complaining to Cohen about apparent sexual misconduct misconduct allegations he was being accused of during his time at working at ABC News, which he denied in conversation. See, not only has baby brother been accused, but so has older brother. See, that's that bully mentality shit. I'm telling you, bullies do this shit. All while he was turning a blind eye on his brother's nursing home scandal, Cuomo spent much, much of 2020 targeting Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, particularly promoting a fake conspiracy theory that his administration pressured the government health official to alter COVID-19 data in order to push for a state's reopening. Now, we all know that Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, targeted Ron DeSantis because he was a rockin' governor. And Andrew Cuomo was a failing governor. Andrew, Andrew Cuomo was in the news for all kinds of bad things. And you had reporters trying to lob all kinds of bullshit at Ron DeSantis. And he was, he was, how to say it, he was deflecting that bullshit faster than when you could play Fruit Ninja. Let's be honest. That game where you'd be cutting up the fruit with the little knife on the screen and shit, I'm telling you. Now, it just shows that CNN and a lot of these News anchors, a lot of these, I guess you could say, say celebrities, whatever you want to call it, a lot of these news anchors, a lot of people are just on a whole nother level of it doesn't matter what the other side does. We're going to paint it as evil. And the Democrats and a lot of these, a lot of people are painting that no matter what, no matter what Ron DeSantis does, they're going to paint him as evil. They've called Florida the super spreader of nonstop for the last six months. 
eight months, a year, however long they've been going at it. You know what I mean? Trying to duck, dodge, whatever they can. And that's really what it seems. They go after Tucker, they go after Hannity to get these ratings. He's got these news anchors that pick and choose. No matter what narrative they're going to paint, they're going to paint it only a certain way, the only way they see it. And that is a very, very dangerous way to share the news because it purposely keeps things divided. And a lot of the media and a lot of these Democrats, obviously that's what they want. They want it divided. They want it. They want us. They want the division sowing, you know, and that's why we see them go after uh, the, I mean, I guess you can say the Democrats are going to go after the Republican firebrands. Like the Republicans went after a- uh, AOC and Ilhan Omar. And you can, you can say that, but you got them going after uh, Cawthorn. You got them going after uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You got, you're painting stories left and right. You're only pushing one side. You know, it, it doesn't, it, and then trying to say that they're trying to escape the, uh, um, the rioting and you're still using the rioting. You're painting, you're, you're using it as a one way narrative, a one way agenda. It really just shows how sad and how far gone the democratic party truly is that they only see it one way and they live in a very, very double standard ridden hypocrisy filled world that only they can maneuver around and only that they can adapt to. Let's be honest. And if you don't adapt or don't try to maneuver around that world, they try to cancel you. They screech at you. They call you every name in the book. I wish you death. It's amazing the amount of hate you can get for just one belief. That's really not even an out there belief. I'm sure calling uh, standing up for Major Taylor Green or standing up for a Cawthorn, you're gonna get nothing but heat. But if you stand up for AOC or Ilhan Omar, despite that they've said a lot of anti-Semitic things, you know it's completely different. And that is what I think is so fucked up and so foul. And I guess this episode is just another talk that shit episode. And I'm just going to keep talking my shit. <laughs> but I guess at the I guess the actual questions for this episode is do what do you guys think of Major Taylor Green or Madison Cawthorn? Do you think the Democrats are only trying to sow chaos? Do you think the Democrats actually care about January 6th? Or do you think they just use it as a talking point? Do you think AOC actually was in danger? What do you think? Holla at your boy and let me know. You already know what it is. Stay blessed, stay blessed, stay safe. Peace.